Welcome back, New You Maniacs, to the Spinner Rack here at Season 4 of the Marvel New Universe Comics Podcast. The voice of the New Universe, or the New New Universe. We are your hosts, Stephen, with Justice Number 19, and... Andy as Hype Man slash Deadweight? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I'll edit it out. Turning the show into two solo podcasts where each one of us will alternate weeks. Just just kidding. We'll fight over, uh, you know, who has the most fans. And my episode got more downloads than yours did. (laughs) At last. We'll see who's the dead weight. We'll see. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, That's why we're splitting up the introduction. <clears throat> anyway, if you don't know already by now, the in 1986, our new universe was launched as a new imprint from Marvel Comics dedicated to a more grounded, somewhat less fantastic approach to comics and world building. The original idea was the world outside your window with real-time progress and greater realism. And uh, after the first year, some books were canceled, though we are seeing their characters in other places, sadly not the kickers. And the remaining books have moved to uh, consistent creative teams. The origins were occasionally streamlined and becoming maybe a little more action-oriented in the wake of the world-shaking disaster, The Pit. Uh, So yeah, from this point out, expect the unexpected. (laughs) (laughs) Which you can't, right? Literally, right? Um, But anyway... Uh, with our podcast, as always, you can follow along with uh, with us each week as we go through every comic in the order they hit the spinner rack, or just check out individual comics if you already have a favorite. Uh, there is a season four trivia challenge available right now, likely because I'm talking about something I haven't done yet, but we're in the future. Uh, also, uh, find us in, on Twitter slash X at, at Kickers Inc. Oh. Maybe in the future, Stephen will have updated. <laughs> was, Expect the uh, unexpected. Ah, you're unexpectedly on time this week. Wow. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. Let us know if you, uh, if we should, you know, pay for kicker for the uh, Twitter account to, uh, if that'll help our reach. Uh, I'm a little concerned sometimes about the, um, now that it's sort of harder to get uh, access to Twitter feeds uh, when you just like uh, go there directly on your browser instead of logging into your own account. Um, I don't know. Is that better or worse? Uh, you tell How us. will our tens of fans find us? Aye. So this week, we will move on to justice. John Tenson is a paranormal who wields the sword and shield of justice. He brings his black and white fight against evil to paranormals who misuse their powers or does he <laughs> will never will never trust justice a hundred percent again you just like saying or oh, does he <laughs> well admittedly it's no like uh okay i do i'll admit it i, right. I, I knew i busted you um this week justice number 19 in the wake of the cataclysm which created the pit the National Security Council, not the CIA, uh, searches for justice, not to capture him, but to hire him. If justice accepts their offer, it may mean the death of all of the paranormals in the new universe. 
Uh, you might have done that anyway. Uh, written by Peter David, penciled by Lee Weeks, inked by Tony DeZuniga. Also, there's some universe news to talk about, uh, profiling Peter David and a couple little tidbits and mail. We got some mail for justice. And they talk about the issue with the change, getting rid of the uh, winterlands. So it's kind of a, a fun mailbag, I suppose. Contentious issues for the mailbag. Um, yeah, it's uh, the uh, promo piece from Marvel <clears throat> Age is a little, it's a little weird this week. It is sort of reflective of what happens but it sort of focuses so much on on one fairly minor plot thread that we're well i don't know what do you think justice number nine yeah yeah it's <laughs> it's no it's further a little off bit of a diversion a it's a little bit of a follow-through it's not 100 sure what they're doing but we'll get there are they tricking us like i said we can never like it's always one eye open around justice now. Anyway, justice number 19 is uh, cover dated May 1988. And we believe hit the um, newsstands February 9th, 1988. And as we said last week, we've all the new universe books are now a new format, nicer paper, um, nicer printing, um, more pages. A lot of a few extra features and um this is again uh, the same we've got a nice cover with the new justice logo um again new universe on the top of the the cover is gone but except for like the tiny one that's under marvel um it is um still approved by the comics code authority interesting um and we've got a, a uh, sort of a just a straight image of Justice in his trench coat facing to the right and the group, a large crowd, really, of people sort of in shadows behind him who seem to be worshiping or praying or, or celebrating him or a person next to him. You can't really tell me it kind of looks like he's in the gymnasium at an elementary school and all the kids are sitting on the floor and he's like you know doing some kind of safety demonstration or something <laughs> i think it's just the yellow like wood panel floor it just totally reminds me of like school gym but mm. yeah the coloring is very sort of um uh, uh just just uh these these uh, the people are all a a dark blue to kind of recede into the background and justice pops in the foreground uh and the the title hero worship uh inside we have the um new universe uh front you know inside front cover with first a uh, recapitulation of the white event and paranormals the sort of background to all the books then the background to justice himself and finally, some like more recent thing that you're sort of uh, jumping off of this uh, month's story off of. Um, let me go quickly through the stuff about the, the background. John Tenson, a narcotics officer for the Justice Department, became endowed with powers of life and death. From his left hand, he protected life with powerful, unbreakable shields. From his right hand, he projected death with his sword an irresistible blast of pure force that reduced whatever it touched to ashes. 
having had his life almost destroyed by a powerful paranormal, Tenson dubbed himself Justice and gave himself a mission to travel the land, find other paranormals using his psychic ability to detect their auras, and judge whether or not they are using their powers properly. If they are, he leaves them in peace. If they are not, he leaves them in pieces. <laughs> Cheesy line alert. Wow. Okay. I guess this was must have been much more fresh back in 1988. But... Possibly. And then, like I say, the, the like the whatever happened in the last issue, here we have Justice became caught up in the disaster of the pit, literally. Having narrowly escaped death, Justice now has two goals, to personally survey the full extent of the damage and to find the paranormal responsible. Mm. You know, this really... Re- I'm sorry, this this reads exactly like you went to Blockbuster and you were like looking at the back blurb <laughs> of the VHS tape for some action movie sequel. <laughs> probably, yeah, what they're going for with this. Um, it's a... Uh, that's good. Uh, I I like the the you know the getting the the background of the character and everything in quickly and you know anytime someone picks this up, you know every comic is someone's first comic. You know, oh, let me look this over. Oh, he's, he's got this power. Blah blah blah. Um, they this does recap last issue pretty well, but we don't really go into that direction this issue. So interesting okay yeah he's not going all lone wolf and cub with a deaf baby or nothing (laughs) i mean uh it sounds like he's going to be out hunting ken connell and we do not you know there's no yeah okay yeah spoilers no ken connell sorry guys um we start off with a uh average looking guy in a room with a typewriter and he's thinking to himself that he's going to be um, the uh, like winning a Pulitzer with his great new story. He's been undercover in a group for a while and uh, sort of off on his own. It sounds like, and uh, writing up a story into a book and the book is titled my time with the millennias millennias. It doesn't exactly roll off my tongue, but that's maybe that's from <laughs> years of millennials. Um, his name is Bernie Switz, which is, uh, like I say, he's just a, a average guy who maybe was a reporter. He went undercover with this group and um, is now sort of writing up an expose on them. And he's talking about how they are kind of dangerous and they have a creepy leader called the Savior, but he's left them. He is in a secluded mountain cabin, and he's finished up his book, and he is like off to the next, you know. Oh no! He makes the world's most fatal mistake of thinking to himself, "I've only got one more page to write." <laughs> Whoops. It's just he might as well be a like police sergeant one day from retirement, man. Oh, you just no. ri- wrote your death warrant. <laughs> so lesson there: you always start with the last page first, so you know what you're writing towards. Hmm. So there you go. Suddenly, crash of the door, door to the cabin bursts in, and there's a bunch of people 
mostly male, but like a whole mob. They have baseball bats and crowbars and I don't know what all. No, there's and... one lady in there and it's kind of sexist because like they've got crowbars and bats and she's got like a fry pan. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, sir. Yes. This background goon has just set women back years. <laughs> Might as well just give her a mop. Oh, oh, this is an embarrassment, Savior. You got to clean up the blood, Lydia. <laughs> um, Sorry. So the s- splash page is the second page with them bursting in the door, yelling, Company's here, Bernie. And uh, the title, Hero Worship. And uh, I find myself like having now to flip back to the uh, credits, Peter David Ryder, Pete Lee Weeks, Penciler, and Mike Gustavich, Inker. Hmm. And surprising so, everyone in the new universe, the opening splash page title of the comic is the same as the cover title. Yeah, I, I almost... It almost know, never happens. It. Yeah, when it's it's like two different things, but you know they have synergy. This is just repetition i don't know i suppose it it's uh it was too too like perfect a title to uh get away from (laughs) so these guys bust in and immediately start wailing on bernie with uh, at least a baseball bat sure bernie we'll bat it around judas and there's a lot of people yelling traitor judas traitor traitor scum betrayer judas traitor you may also already start getting a religious theme into this, but um, suddenly stop. A commanding tone rings out and there's a tall man enters the room in kind of a biker slash post-apocalyptic warrior leader. He's got the sleeveless leather and like those like armbands going on. Yeah, Maybe a Van Dyke beard, um, sort of like a like a brutalistic um, Oliver Queen from uh, Green Arrow. Hmm. Maybe I'm... My, 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 what a mess. You should have realized, Bernie, this savior doesn't turn the other cheek. Who could he possibly be referring to? Who does? A... <laughs> a book deal. The modern equivalent of 20 pieces of gold. It was 20 pieces, 30 pieces of silver. Yeah, right? Maybe this guy's just not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> my biblical references aren't very detailed so uh, let me just move on um what do we do now my lord says one of the followers let he who is without sin cast the first stone my children are you without sin my children yes my lord then burn the place and and the body so yes the uh, bernie's cabin is up in smoke as we leave and uh, presumably dead bernie inside Mm. i would say it was unrealistic for all these people to follow this crazy weirdo but yeah it probably isn't well yeah we'll get back into that in a bit but the uh i don't know it's a it's a it's a small i don't know how many do you think here a couple dozen people maybe in this crowd yeah maybe 30 to 50 tops yeah so this isn't like a like a mass movement yet. It's just like a weird cult in a corner of Philadelphia, which is where uh, this uh, lawyer is headed. The the next uh, scene, a uh, woman lawyer is thinking to herself that she's 
headed into Philly, but she's having car trouble. And we see some hints from the art that there's uh, maybe Justice's shield is actually what's holding her car back. She's uh, uh, is talking to herself about how she's got an important meeting to go to. And uh, she's uh, gets out to look in uh, under the hood. And uh, there's pops up our friend Justice. Car trouble? Pop the hood. I'll take a look. He kind of sits there looking at the engine for a minute and thinking to himself that, it, yeah, it was just him and the shields that was holding her car. So, But that this is a, a thing he has done uh, before to catch a ride somewhere. And um, so after a few minutes, he, he puts the hood back down and uh, sort of demonstrates to her that her car works now. And she is, you know, very grateful and in gratitude. You're a lifesaver, Mr. Tenson, was it? Need a lift, Mr. Tenson? Where are you going? Where are you headed? Philadelphia. What a wild coincidence. And he just sort of thinks to it, that's it. Fate has chosen my course, as she often does. And she has chosen to send me to the city where my daughter is. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Also, that headshot of Justice on page six looks horrifying, but... It's... <sighs> I'm not quite sure what emotion we're going for there, but it's uh, not his best look, I got to say. Um, we switch suddenly over to um, a young woman who's talking to an, like a school administrator, and we believe it's at Temple University, weird. And th this guy is uh, telling the, uh, the young woman who is, as he says, Ms. Tenson, uh, we have to turn down your financial aid request. Technically, your father's still providing 50% of your income. But that's ridiculous. He vanished over a year ago. My tuition came out of a special account he set up for me, but it'll run out before my junior year. Well, then maybe you should uh, drop out of school and support yourself and uh, come back after. She takes off and uh, is thinking to herself, my life stinks. I've lost mom and dad, and now I'm losing my school. Someone up there hates me. She is, uh, you can see in the background, Tenson watching her as she walks through her life. She heads over to a small local bookstore where she apparently works. Hmm. And a couple of uh, young friends, probably college friends, are uh, talk to her about... Um, you know, she is she she's having this money trouble. She she can't get more working this bookstore job. And um, there's a little news on the radio. Uh, the State Department had no comment on Libya's claimed responsibility for the destruction of Pittsburgh. Private sources, however, claims the president is considering decisive action. So yeah, they they uh, the male character Ben says. Um, I'm starting to get edgy. There's even talk about reactivating the draft. And the girls are like, well, what are you, coward? Coward? You're going to you're gonna hide <laughs> under the couch there, coward? Pretend you got bone spurs or something? You got to go to Canada there, coward? She's uh, <laughs> they're like, Angie says, maybe we'll all get drafted, guys. That's sure the way my life's been going. Oof. Very progressive. 
Um, so yeah, is Libya actually like being blamed for the for the pit? Mm. We leave the news at this point, but um, the friends are talking to her. Still no sign of your dad, huh, Angie? She says, a couple of months ago, I thought I saw his picture in the paper, but I realized it couldn't be him. That's the image we saw in 15, I want to say. Yeah. Um, no, 16, the, the next one, where she's like looking at something. Dad? <laughs> yeah. Um, and she says, uh, you know, Mags, my dad always seems so much bigger than life, so strong, so in control. Then when mom died, I watched him fall apart. He was never the same even before he vanished. It hurt so much to see it. He was my hero, and he knew that. He hated what was happening to us. There's nothing worse than someone you practically worship following, falling from, from. And then she stops and stares out the window and is like, Daddy? She <laughs> yells and runs outside. Daddy, I know I saw you through the window. Where are you? Where are you? <laughs> but why would he be wearing a purple trench coat? It couldn't have been him, right? <laughs> what happened to your taste, Daddy? You used <laughs> to be cool Miami Vice guy, and now this? Your yeah. prince from Minneapolis? <laughs> um, As she says, where are you? We transition to another place where he's where? And the title on the door just says Terrence Updike, who is the um, National Security Council guy we met at the pit the last issue. Um, someone is some flunky is reporting to him. He's in Philadelphia, Mr. Updike. One of our field men, Flaherty, spotted him in the vicinity of Temple University. Has he killed anyone there? Not to our knowledge. Hmm. Hope he isn't losing his touch. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's not emphasizing it that hard, but okay. <laughs> hope he isn't losing his touch. <laughs> <laughs> That's bold. I can be bold. I, know. <laughs> I could have put Flaherty, put a, a squad together, sir. Bring him in. Get real Chauncey. Even if we could take him, which I doubt, we only want him working for us under his own free will. If we brainwashed him, that'd just make him a likely candidate to end up a double agent. Hmm. Uh, so he just says, keep an eye on it. Maybe maybe uh, when April Fool's runs around, we should just record one as like a dramatic re reading. <laughs> like, just do the characters. Uh, that That's more like, you know, enticing than you may think. Shatner just, it up. <laughs> we... I just need like a couple more people because I can't do like five voices myself. And well, I'm here. Uh, no <laughs> severe limitations. Come, <laughs> this actually would have been a good one for that, maybe just because there's actually not that many characters. Like, who are you gonna be? I'll take the middle aged men. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Also, the middle aged men. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Oh, we now transition to another scene and it's kind of a crappy part of town, Philadelphia. Um, wow, what an imagination. It's like the world outside your window. <laughs> um, and uh, it's it's uh, a scene of this sort of cult around this guy, Savior. Who am I? You are the chosen of God. And who are you? We are your children. 
my children, the millennium, when the Lord makes his final judgment, is almost upon us. But the judgment is already starting. Pittsburgh was found wanting. Now Pittsburgh cannot be found at all. So we're we're seeing people kind of like rapidly come up to their own with their own explanations of the pit, um, which again is realistic. Right. Uh, the vengeful Lord's going to take out Pittsburgh though, instead of like Vegas or something more obvious. Believe me, I, I you know, <laughs> a lot of righteous people in Pittsburgh. Don't you ask? <laughs> Lord of blue collar righteous people. <laughs> Bunch of yinzers. He, he says, only I, your savior, stand between the Almighty's judgment and you. You've given me all your worldly position, so I can show the Lord you wish to avoid the fate of the Pittsburgh heathens. Ouch. Do they have a little like poster board thing with like a pit on it too? Is that what that is? Underneath the cross? I you know, I didn't think about it, but it could be. It's it's a uh, it's a very vague drawing, but it could be the pit. Okay. Um, it's a little, I mean, I can't tell whether I feel like it's too soon or not soon enough or something to be sort of have this tack on things, but yeah. Um, Did this cult exist before? And then he kind of spun it towards the pit or has it just been like a couple weeks worth of material for this guy to write this book on? Yeah. That seems like a rush. Like, yeah, I'll go with like the cult was here for a few months and it's just that, like, with the pit fresh in people's mind, he's kind of using it as a as a good demonstration that sort of backs up his worldview. Um, so he says, uh, he, you, it's not enough to give him everything. You have to go out and convert the unbelievers. Convert them by g- relieving them of their possessions. <laughs> and if they cannot be converted, uh, kill them. Kill them and bring their possessions to me so that I can offer them up to the Lord. Now go. It's suspiciously all about the possessions. He is. Uh, he does not uh, spend, dwell a lot on the theological implications of his work. He's a very sort of down, you yeah. know. Tupperware, furniture, whatever they got. Send it our way. I'll Prosperity take doctrine. That's his gospel. That's, that's the Savior's... Uh, so we cut over to Angie Tenson, who is leaving work at the bookstore. Oh, I'm sorry. She's leaving her dorm. No, wait. Looks like she's at a dorm, but she's talking about going to a dorm. Anyway. <laughs> Not the most important detail. I'm going to fixate this on this for another five minutes. <laughs> Damn it. We've got time now. It's only one book a week. So uh, her friend Ben says something about there's talk about a pit aid concert to help survivors from the blast. If it comes together, want to drive out? Uh, and she's like, I'll think about it, Ben. Woo, got the brush off. <laughs> Friend zone, Ben. Woo. And sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm the hype man in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can hype up Ben all you want. But, um. She thinks to herself that, did I really Im- just imagine seeing Dad earlier? And suddenly she's grabbed by two ne'er-do-wells. There's a uh, uh, white and a black uh, man, like two men, uh, grab her like from the shadows and drag her into an alley. Come here, sweetheart. Not a word. Not a syllable. Understand? You scream. You're dead. Now strip. Give us everything you own and maybe we'll let you live. 
or maybe we'll take you to the savior. And uh, we're not kidding. So he starts, uh, he cuts her with a, like a switchblade, like on her cheek and she passes out. Oh, that's just great. So the two guys uh, start talking, bud, should we just take her to the savior? Nah, she doesn't have the guts to join the millennials. Let's just strip her and take her stuff. I, I could kill her, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and then we have like familiar pair of boots appear at the end of the alley. You guessed wrong. Dun, dun, dun. So, uh, yeah, in the uh, like inside the story hint that this costume doesn't actually strike fear into the uh, hearts of <laughs> evildoers. Check this guy out. Some fruit with a lightning bolt on his chest. Take him, Nikki. Justice uh, starts taking him on hand to hand. Um, he's thinking to himself, I could fry them where they stand. But their case has earned special considerations. I want more than judgment. I want them to suffer slowly. He throws one of them at the other and then grabs the guy with a nice hand. Um... My sword is too terrible swift. So no more of this, like, don't judge in anger stuff. Yeah. Justice is plenty angry. So he's pushing uh, one of them, Nick, Nicky, uh, up against the wall with his shield, and he's confronting the other one, this savior you mentioned. Who is he? Where can I find him? <laughs> These guys are not impressed. None of your business, fruit. You don't scare us. <laughs> and neither do your stupid magic tricks. Magic tricks? Is that what you think? Fine. He uh, slugs Nikki, I guess. And <laughs> this is the one of the best scenes I've seen in I don't know how many comic books. <laughs> this is definitely the high point of the book. <laughs> he grabs a, a garbage can and, and uh, in one hand and this guy Nick in the other. For this trick, I'll need a volunteer from the audience. This unconscious animal, pardon me, person, should do nicely. He puts the garbage can over Nick Nicky's uh, body. Please observe that my fingers never leave their hands. And then he, uh, you see his sword hand um, blasting into that garbage can that he had just put over this guy's He's like, Foomph. and Justice lifts up the garbage can, presto, and obviously whatever was in there is now vaporized. For my next trick, I'll need another volunteer. <laughs> uh, Dang. Ben or Bud does not uh, hang on much longer. Uh, whatever you want to know, man. You want me to write on the savior, man? I'll write on the savior. I'll write on my dope connection. I'll write on my bookie. Just just don't kill me. Don't kill me. <laughs> I, ironically, with all this rat talk, there's a large like alley rat in the side of that panel to give you a little... Uh, I'll write on that rat. <laughs> where he's been eating. Um, and uh, we see <clears throat> Justice tending to his daughter, Angela. Part of me wants to wake her, hold her in my arms, and whisper her name. The stupid part, no doubt. Mm -hmm. We quickly uh, cut to Angela waking up in like a school infirmary where um, 
um, they tell her that a man brought her and in a, found her in an alley and brought her there, and she got stitched up. She asked what he looked like, and well, he moved very quickly. Large coat, white hair. That's about all I caught, and he was gone. Hmm. White hair, moves quickly, body like a quarterback. What? Jack Magna Conti? Are the kickers in town? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Elsewhere, we have a, uh, we transition back to, um, I don't know if it's the same temple, but it's pretty similar. Yeah, it's probably the same because we've still, we've got those uh, braziers with some fire in them and that kind of, um, as you say, pit symbol. Uh, again, the the uh, call and response from the Savior, who am I? You are the chosen of God. And who are you? And then we have uh, the other uh, guy from the alley, like just thrown into the midst of them. And a voice comes from the door. You are the trash. And I'm the garbage man. Easy one-liner again. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Just as sort of walks forward, which one of you is the so-called savior? And um, guy struggles. He, you know, he's not shy. I am, and you must be a so-called dead man. I am justice again. Not with the logo we had in the first few issues. Sadly. My, 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 the famed justice. Word has been spreading of you through the underground, my friend. Certainly you must know that. Yes, just as I know that your aura marks you as a paranormal, says justice. What? I am no mere paranormal. I'm touched by God. Or at least I thought I was until I talked to Nightmask and it turned out that God was just a dream, that a different paranormal was... No, wait, that's a different story. <laughs> um... So he says, can, the savior here is continuing, ask anybody here. And they know I'm chosen to protect them from harm. And uh, he just says that if you know who I am, then I judge whether a paranormal is using his power properly. And uh, savior says, really? Then we have no business together. The Lord tripled my strength, but the children flocked to me of their own free will. So by your own administration, admission since i haven't used my powers i don't fall under your jurisdiction you can't justify using your powers on me qed stick that in your logic hole and, and bite it like, listen here buddy i just judged a guy who cheated on his taxes with his paranormal ability like you're not as safe as you think <laughs> i'm yeah he is a is the savior a a lawyer in his previous life that didn't save the guy from uh, issue seventeen so don't get too uppity buddy <laughs> but he justice demurs hmm you're right I have killed normals who deserve killing but paranormals must answer to a different judgment different rules apply to them and to me and justice just roundhouse kicks him right in the guts. <laughs> I guess that's the rule is more kicking. So there's a couple more kicks and the crowd is, is saying the savior's down. Nothing could hurt the savior. And the savior is like, don't think my children just watch. He gets back up and he's a big guy. He's a head taller than justice. Who's not a small guy himself and super ripped. He's not like Dave um, Landers big, but he's, 
I don't know, Jack Magnaconi big? Yeah, maybe remember. a little bigger. And uh, he just said he tripled his strength and who knows what else. So he's about to rip Justice's head off, but uh, Justice does a little jujitsu on him and throws him and says, you know, by all means, watch everybody. You wouldn't want to miss a thing. So the savior hits the floor, which Justice doesn't uh, pick up on at first. And then he rips up some of the floorboards and sends Justice flying. It's just uh, kind of takes a second to uh, uh, scramble to his feet, but the guy hits him from the with the plank from behind and sends him into the hole he has created in the floorboard. So he works. So he's falling down a flight of stairs into this uh, basement or ground floor church basement rec room where they have the coffee hour. There you go. Uh, he, he says he lying there looking unconscious since he knows this guy will try to jump right onto him, which he does. And uh, the justice catches him just as he lands and he hears like his knee cracking as he kicks him in the knee and presumably has dislocated or broken it. Yeah, that's a total like wrestling move. Like the guy goes up on the top rope, but he's kind of telegraphing it. So he like jumps and gets kicked in the, well, not usually the knee, I suppose, but. Yeah, it is a sort of a big wrestling like middle section of the book here. Um, uh, yeah, so the 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 followers, the millennias, are scre- are pounding down the stairs, and they all have their bats and uh, crowbars and hockey sticks. Okay, I'm pretty sure I see them. what could be a woman with a rolling pin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You see it? You are correct, sir. Like the fourth weapon. (laughs) Why can't you give me the bat with the nails in it? (laughs) Just use the rolling pin, Edna. (laughs) Oh, man. Poor Edna. So, uh, Justice is shocked that the Savior is still standing. And uh, only his paranormal strength is keeping him going. Justice starts taking off his coat. He says, uh, yeah, but uh, Justice sort of fakes him out and uh, maybe it was he like uh, charging him and he's using the bull move or something. He kind of like wraps it around his head to disorient him and just starts pounding him. There you go. So he's got the coat around his head and he hits him a couple of times in the head. Tired of people committing atrocities on your behalf. Tired of all those like you trading on the gullible for personal gain tired of his speech is cut short by more fists in the face there he uh gets a uh, grip on savior gets a grip on justice's shoulder and justice breaks loose by tearing the guy's finger backwards so more pain more yelling and then a nice full page uh splash of another roundhouse kick uh, crack. Um, I think puts on him. he might have just pulled the guy's finger off. <laughs> I you may have a point there. Ouch. Maybe I might not be right, but it kind of looks like it. It kind of doesn't. But well, he, he says his chances to break his grip literally, and then the like main, middle finger is bending back at like a ninety degree angle. So I thought he was just breaking it, but you're right. There's like a crack. 
which is either breaking or snack. No, he's got his fingers on the next page there, right? Yeah. Is that his right hand or his left? I think there's like the there's one that's in shadow, but it's still there. So yeah, <laughs> he does have all of his fingers, just maybe not in working order. Okay, he uh he does have a um like I say, nice um full page splash here. If any of you have original art uh of this issue, that would be the page to get. Cough, cough, Josh. <laughs> you know who we're talking. Um, Justice is uh, feeling like he's wearing down, so he's like, I got to put this guy down now. And he gives him a double-fisted hit a couple of times from behind. Stay down. Stay down. And then as the crowd surges forward, he says, look, my children, here's your chosen one. He lied to you, took advantage of you. Your savior can't even save himself. He's no protection for you. You're on your own. The savior's lying in a pool of his blood, but he's like, get him, get him, my children. Kill the false one. Don't just stand there. Kill him before he kills you. Justice kind of, I won't hurt you, so don't try it. And the savior keeps going. He's kind of scrambling to sit up. Say, do I have to do everything for you? Haven't I taught you jerks anything? Don't you recognize lies when you hear them? Kill the liar, you fools. Kill the danger. And then we have a look at the crowd as they look at their baseball bats and Edna looks at her rolling pin. Yeah, she's there. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And uh, as they rush forward, Savior continues, "This, that's it. Kill the one who would destroy you. Kill, kill. And, of course, they head right for the savior. Justice starts thinking to himself, he's actually smiling until the first of the baseball bats removes his teeth. The roar of his followers rushes over me like a tidal wave. They wash over him. Their trust and adoration blew him up with life like an inflatable doll. Now that life oozes out through multiple punctures. I could stop them. My shields could block their assault. But who am I to stand in the way of poetic justice? Their fury rages abated, unabated for a full minute. And finally, everyone just stands there looking at justice. And then they start falling down, worshiping him. He tells them, what? If you lost your last shreds of sanity, this obscenity is over. Go home. But we want to worship you, justice. We are the, you are the chosen of God. Let our weapons be yours. Let I said go home. And they are all pouring out the windows to get as far and fast away as they can. Got some like a glowing red eye thing going on too, which is new. Um looking for auras? I don't know. It's kind of a cable kind of thing. Mm, yeah. That's a good point. He stands there looking at the savior, who is just a mass of vaguely human tissue on the <laughs> floor now. And he thinks a little bit more to himself. Can't help but be fascinated in the way that people express disappointment when they find their heroes aren't all they're cracked up to be. I'm certainly glad I'm no hero. He heads up to find a safe. He hits it with his sword to open it. And as he expected, crammed with money and jewelry, all these 
things the Savior's followers had uh, stolen for him, since there's no way he can return it and nowhere what to do with it. Savior probably had even more stashed in a bank account, but that's beside the point. So what am I going to do with all this money as he takes a look at it? We switch over back to Terrence Updike, who again, it doesn't have like a title on his door, which is a little weird. But uh, his uh, underling Chauncey has brought him the Philadelphia Inquirer. The Fed head of the Millennia Group was found beaten to death. Remember him? The man our sources said was 98.3% likely to be a paranormal. Hmm, so our scummy friend the Savior is dead. Just like that, eh, Chauncey? Yes, sir, just like that. My guess is our Mr. Tenson has been busy. He's going to be a valuable addition to the National Security Council. Someday. Um, the panel in the middle of the page really makes uh, Updike out to be a caricature of Ollie North. That's a very, like, on-the-nose yeah, I was trying to figure out who that was. It's yeah, it that's uh, still a I don't know a popular figure at the time, I guess. Um, I, although I forget what group he was uh, working for. Um, I don't know when we saw him last issue, he was he looked a little more you know general purpose, but so I'm a little surprised they want to make this you know close in identification, but. We uh, then cut away the next day, and Angela is back with that same um, school administrator she'd uh, seen before. Thanks for agreeing to squeeze me in this morning, Mr. Schreiber. My pleasure, Miss Tenson. Uh, I was definitely not threatened by a, a man in a uh, purple uh, raincoat last uh, night. So, mm. uh, no, he says, um, he says, uh, that uh, your tuition has been paid in full for next year and the year after that. And uh, you didn't know? No, no, I didn't know anything. He uh, he says it's uh, a private arrangement, but some government fellow came in, said he wanted to put the money into a trust for you. He was very persuasive. We all know that. <laughs> paid cash. Um, okay. He said, uh, she, she asked, was this uh, man tall, white-haired? Why, yes. Do you know who he is? Yes. He's my hero, and he'll never let me down. Next, pit aid. Give till it hurts. Mm. We have so, a... unfortunately, that last panel of uh, Angie also looks... She looks a little funky. <laughs> she looks like she was beaten <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. it's a little off, but okay. I think the... Uh, there's a nice pinup of Justice, unfortunately, in his new costume. Uh, and also not credited? Yeah. I feel like they mentioned it somewhere, but like you'd think you'd have a little signature or something. Yeah. Maybe it's just Lee Weeks, but... I mean, it that was my thought, um, but it does not say anything anywhere. You're right. Um, it is Lee Weeksian style. Hmm. Um we got one more page to fill. Do. What are we going to put in it? So, yeah, the story, justice. story ends on page 26, 27 is this uh, pinup. 28 is the uh, State of the Union address we covered in last week's episode. It was the same from Cyforce. Um, basically, they're talking about reactivating the draft. 
which we sort of heard alluded to in this issue. So um, there's no note from Andrew Chaser on this one, though. No. We move over to a Letters from Justice um, that is uh, been pouring in regarding the new justice. And yes, these are all things that people had to say about justice number 15 and the transition from, I don't know, original justice to new flavor justice. Right. Oh, and a suggestion for the letters column. How about the verdict? How about the no? <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty weak. They appreciate a DP7 cameo. Um, Do you want to get it talk to you about what we liked and didn't like about the issue or just dive straight into letters first. Uh, let's do that. Yeah. What are your thoughts about the issue or the letters? Uh, the issues issues. Yeah. Um, I, I had more fun with it. Once I started to look for the ladies in the background with the kitchen tools, <laughs> it's That's pretty okay, okay but it, it feels a little bit, um, like it had those nice little pieces of like something's happening behind the scenes right so we're talking about the pit there's new stuff there's the updike character who's got his eyes set on justice um but other than that it kind of felt like a step backwards to like just randomly running into or tracking down paranormals for no particularly great reason as far as that goes um so it was a little fillery after like such a cool pit issue. It would have been kind of nice to have some more follow-up on that. Um, I guess they were focusing on, you know, like a reason for him to kind of interact or introduce the daughter character a little bit too, but she wasn't really that interesting, I guess. Okay. Yeah. The, <clears throat> um, so as you say, the, they even sort of lead off with the, coming straight from the pit he's ready to like enact justice and find the guy who did this and he's like completely like i guess i'll go to philadelphia yeah (laughs) wherever somebody with a car happens to be driving um so yeah it's even though it's like the regular creative team it does have a like a your filler quality to it um that's it mostly just feels like you know it it's open, but in, in like they, they, okay, you get a few extra pages, but they didn't really, you know, put anything like they stretched a 20 page story into 26 pages. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's so you get a little bit more openness and like time to sort of develop scenes and things, but you know, it's, it's also, it then feels a little flabby. Like it doesn't have that sort of, the pacing you may expect from this right and the savior story. was not that exciting as the paranormal he's strong yeah you could you could have like <clears throat> something that's at least like a that makes the fight a little more challenging or something um in my head i was thinking it would be funny if he was tracking down or running into uh uh, the killers from DP seven, like the free fall and tangler have left the clinic. Like if they ran into each other kind of thing, like they they might provide actually a pretty good, uh, uh, a good fight, you know? Yeah. And it would be, 
good resolution to that storyline instead of just sort of leaving that out there. And yeah, and that might resolve anyway. But yeah, it's it's like you know it was okay as a justice issue. Like I'm always kind of thinking it's going to be a little better than okay. Justice is yeah. pretty enjoyable. Um, and I'm not sure I'm like sold. I mean, maybe I'll talk about it more with the letters, but I'm not sure I'm sold on the new direction just yet. It's, uh, you know, you want to keep, keep kind of building month to month. And uh, I think it had gone well from the new 15 direction to last month where we're, we've still got this, you know, big, pit um thing that he's fighting and yeah I, may, I don't know if you're it's a step backward but it's certainly it's not like a step forward with the right uh what he's investigating this this month um the team like the the millennias and everything seems like maybe someone he fought before or could have fought before and i was trying to remember there's um this is again peter david in philadelphia which I can only assume he lived there for at some point in his life because mm. he had Merck go there for that um, protecting the Israeli whatever. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, in three. And so there's kind of a um, it's a little like that that terrorist cell there or something. I, I just feel like almost like I've already seen this group of people following a paranormal, mm. even if maybe now I can't think of exactly who I'm. The Maybe story, the, the end of the story kind of reminded me of the end of Night Mask where you've got this is kind of like leader with kind of holding thrall over the people. In, in that case, mm-hmm. it was like the voodoo guy. But like once they saw he could be defeated, then it's kind of like, all right, he's just another guy or, you know, he's not protected yeah. by the spirit. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah, the, that that there's a similarity with that leadership follower turning on you thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I gave um, it a B minus. B minus. I was going for a B. It's like although I yeah, it's a lo- on the low end. I'm I'm like okay, but just okay. So um Angela well, I don't know. She's sympathetic enough, but not really like sure we've got, you know, anything seeing what's uh is beyond like her connection to it to her father um and updike i like i say is um like that that um he's you know it, it means the death of all paranormals it's just like a, you know a guy in the government you know a spook we've seen several characters like that right. <laughs> who sort of sees here's a paranormal that we can use for our purposes and so it's still out there as like a potential like direction but um until we sort of you know who knows is is maybe you know what the job he has in mind it would be better for justice than just sort of milling around i don't know yeah well i guess the the theme direction we're heading in is kind of like the government right there's that ad on the page after the letters if the government wants them who will surrender first the government has so, kind of taken at least half of Cyforce, and obviously they're going after justice and, uh, and then the draft thing. So, yeah, we we're seeing the draft coming and, you know, from ignoring uh, paranormals to like militarizing them. 
is like a all in one sort of smooth movement here, which, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You, they realize the pit is a paranormal event. And so these people with powers, you know, are persons of mass destruction or potentially so. And yeah. everyone's going to like want to grab one. You know? so. right. And really, they already got Jenny Swenson. So, <laughs> yeah, she it's wasn't a, even a paranormal. Uh, yeah, you could get the Merc crew on if uh, maybe just letting Lynn Griffin <laughs> on his Don Quixote uh, drive to Moscow. Eh, maybe we don't need him after all. Never mind. Mm. Let's jump back to the letters to justice. Uh, yeah. What jumps out to you at that? Dear folks, so this is the new justice. To be honest, we don't like him. <laughs> The old justice had a sort of flair to him, being torn from another dimension, trapped on Earth, but still determined to carry out his mission in life. He wasn't a paranormal or a cyborg, just a man who had some very extraordinary, maybe even mystical training. However, he's lost all that. He's just another paranormal. Um, yeah, running away from everybody. Changed him from a noble, memorable character into the new universe's version of the Punisher. And not only that, but his new costume is really terrible. <laughs> Ouch. They are like everyone like they they go back and forth on whether they like the new direction or not. But generally, I don't think anyone likes the new costume. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That that is a group of three people um, who who wrote this letter, and uh, they do go on to say they 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 loved uh, fifteen, but sixteen was a letdown. Yeah. Um. Pointed out some good moments in that. Yeah, I also um, liked, uh, you know, because the next one is more positive, and then this one's. I've just finished reading Justice 15, and I have one question. What do you think you're doing? You've destroyed the exact qualities that caused me to pick up this book, and now you're turning Tencent into a narcotics agent named Johnny, no less. Get real. <laughs> Whose fault is this? Peter David's or Mark Gruenwald's? Whoever it is, they should be hung by their. Well, I can't say that in case this letter gets printed. <laughs> Comic fans with strong feelings. <laughs> yeah, it used to be uh, you know take months to see your opinions in print. Um, so there's a perhaps a female reader who enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, the next reader mentions Bobby Ewing. That was the Dallas um famous yeah. episode where a whole season was considered written off as a dream. I think um, the people are kind of complaining about they um, the, when they say like, oh, the whole thing was a dream up till now that that's not exactly what they they said. Right. Yeah. There they were like, a little more clever about it. Yeah. It's not like he's just sort of, you know, uh, imagining all these things, but that the whatever, like the hounds attacking him and what he thought he was coming from were different than as originally presented so all those fights and you know the, the, the going across the country and confronting these people and sort of being uh attacked at every turn wasn't all just like a uh, yeah a, a complete figment of his imagination there are real events that other real people were caught up in but they were sort of under the illusion of these um, context that's 
been re re envisioned. Let's call yeah. it. Yeah. Then you get kind of like the editor's uh, explanation for the retcon too. In the end, it's like, why did we change the legend? Uh, we thought the idea uh, of a warrior from another dimension, while good on its own, had nothing to do with the new universe premise. The concept of the new you is that it is the real world, but with one variation, paranormals as a result of the white event. Unfortunately, in the creative crunch to get the books done for Marvel's 25th anniversary, we accidentally let a few stray concepts, aliens, and alternative dimensions creep in. Concepts we soon realized were old universe. So one of our goals had been to strip away everything that detracted from the initial concept and where justice was concerned uh, with its lengthy fantasy-oriented storyline. The only real option was to discredit the other dimensional aspect. We thought we treated the fantasy aspects in, story, in the storyline in such a way it was not not all just a Dallas-style dream, but a real product of the deranged paranormal mind. Uh, justice is still doing the vigilante thing he's always done, only for different reasons. So... It's always good to hear the explanation from the people making the decisions. Yeah, I mean, we discussed this a bit. I think, you know, we're a little bit more open-minded about this. The Marvel Universe really just collected every possible explanation, you know, demons and other dimensions and... You know, there's theological yeah. aspects and Dracula exists, you physical know, aspects, yeah. and yeah, everything is like every possible concept in science fiction and fantasy, all sort of thrown together, which is its own perhaps like energy. But um, so yeah, the the while well, the new universe was much more limited, you know, we were kind of like I don't know, do you really need to limit it to just one thing? Uh, your mileage may vary so right. um so far um they did do well in terms of like cutting it down to something that and with like a good writer and you know good explanation and so that helped you know sweeten the deal a lot i guess but um uh, i like i say i i sleep with one eye open around justice i don't know what he's telling me anymore <laughs> uh, let me also point out that like at least two of these letters are from um one's from university of massachusetts and one's from cmu here in pittsburgh so there's a um, you know college age uh reading uh readership is well represented hmm. i i always sort of think of it as a you know a little more mature or maybe that's just because the idea was more mature i think they kind of argue in some interviews about whether they were intended to have an older reader or, or not but uh um, marvel comics are for all readers you know blah 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 yeah but um yeah. it's a uh i was going to point out that the um marvel age 62 comes out this month and that is the announcement of the shadow line series which was um uh, archie goodwin's um thing over in epic of three interrelated titles with sort of a new take on superheroes its own sort of um self-connected universe and like a little bit more mature uh the writing was mostly by david chichester and margaret clark who did that justice number 12 i think oh, okay yeah. yeah and uh 
I got a handful of those a while back. Um, they're interesting, but they so they uh, do sort of learn some lessons from the new universe. Like people haven't given up on the idea of a self-contained uh, imprint of titles. Right. But um, they do. I mean, in some ways, it also feels like a step backwards because you've got like um, like a little more mature writing style. But then like, hey, let's I have some powers. Let's get some costumes. Let's, you know, and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. On, man, what are you? So um, we'll we'll see if I ever get any more of those and uh, a chance to look at them. Uh, I do not think Andy has read any of them. So I have not. Uh, we will uh, move. We will stick with our beloved new new universe. Thank you very much, Mister Shadowline. <laughs> oh, and before we forget, Justice Kill Count only won this issue. Oh, you're right. The uh, savior was beaten to death by his followers. Yeah, Justice kind of copped out on that one. Yeah, the uh, that that bit with the garbage can and the magic trick—that's beautiful, though. You you can imagine that as being like a uh, the piece de resistance of an of an action movie. Of like everyone would be talking about it at school the next day. Oh man, when Justice did the thing with the presto, that was the best. <laughs> Um, we totally did see we did universe news um, profile on Peter David. Um, our... like everything he writes is a joke, which makes it totally historically non-interesting. <laughs> like yeah, he joke he... answers every single question. I was looking at his Wikipedia page, and I, I mean, the guy has, you know, only a handful of things that were like all him. He has gone. He has like the, been the hired gun. On so many titles and then like novels, Star Trek novelizations, all kinds of things. So I, that's a very particular talent. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. To be able to sort of like step into someone else's series. Um, he does kid around a lot, but he does say like something nice about uh, Fabian Nicieza, again, as an influence on his writing somehow. Yeah. Um, he likes Edgar Rice Burroughs, Arthur Conan Doyle, Shakespeare, Nicieza. He likes baseball, okay, um, outside of comic books. Uh, he worked with um, Carol Kalish, was as like a, you know, he had a marketing or sales job under her, who was like well known in the 80s. I think she passed away unexpectedly and around that, not long after that. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. A couple of the jokes are kind of hard to understand now, even. But um, <laughs> dated references to Spuds McKenzie. <laughs> and he doesn't mention the living in Philadelphia, which you know, if like all your books end up in Philadelphia, I don't know why you wouldn't mm-hmm. say them. Oh, shout out to the Phillies. Um, also, his headshot drawing looks like Charlie Brown with a beard. <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking. Uh, PD slash RR. Someone helped him with that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit in new universe news about uh we, we went over last time about the new look to the book. There's the diagram of the pit. Um, they tell us that Howard Mackey, the editor of the new universe, still doesn't have a window for his office. <laughs> um, That's interesting. Sad. 
they uh, mentioned the pit of if uh, event um that happened uh last month or so is starting to be called the black event ouch um and he asks those who pittsburghers who live in the old universe uh where um the pit was not vaporized aka me where i live um what they were he asked what were you doing exactly on december 22nd 1987 at 6 22 p.m uh, they'll cover that in a future thing and again remember in Starbrand it was uh december 19th and in the pit it was december 22nd so they are going with the 22nd as the official yeah. date hmm. and in a final uh uh Notice we have uh, news that Joanne Spaldo is no longer the assistant editor. So the amazingly uh, distracting assistant editor has moved on. I don't know. She was probably just uh, to a different office at Marvel. And uh, that's all we have for the universe news this time. Yeah. Maybe that's it for this week's episode, right? Oh, no. Next week, it's DP7 number 19. There's a thrilling cliffhanger in store for DP7. And we mean that literally. Can anything save the members of the team when they take a 25-mile fall into the pit? I think it's 15 miles, isn't it? Thought so, but... Spitfire guest stars in Pitfall. Written by Gruenwald, penciled by Paul Ryan, inked by Danny Bulanati. All right. I think we already made all those cliffhanger jokes uh, in the... Uh when we covered that last dp7 issue but they, they were hanging on the cliff on a cliff so we're yeah. going in yeah yeah kickersinc.com be one of the few in the proud to send us an email new universe podcast at gmail.com and uh, this has been the voice of the new universe we'll see you back at the spinner rack don't throw away the duck it's your universe idiot Nuke me with the new...